What's up, everybody? Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. This is episode 18. We've been lucky enough to have some really cool companies on the show. We've had lawmakers. We've had investors. You know, we're really cutting at it from all different angles. Now, in most businesses, there's these things that exist called consultants, right? In most industries. And in most industries, they're probably a little different than they are in the cannabis industry. Uh, but today, that's exactly what we have here because what we've learned is that there are issues that are particularly challenging in the cannabis industry. There's some that are difficult just in startups in general. Startups are hard. But there's even further ones that are particular to the cannabis industry. And we have two guests here today, Cara and Sarah from Green Rush Insulting. Insulting, Green Rush Insulting. Green Rush <laughs> Consulting, excuse me, they will not insult you, I promise. You might <laughs> use that, though. <laughs> How's it going? How are you guys? Great. Good, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks thank for, having, for having us, really, yeah. So, what do you guys do? I mean, why, why cannabis? You can, you're obviously smart people. Why cannabis? Why, why get into it? Well, you want to take that first, or I can... I can go into it. This is the greatest moment. <laughs> Whenever I ask a question to two people and then they look at you, it's like when you send an email to two people right. and nobody was, knows who to respond right. to. Yeah, well, for me, honestly, I, it wasn't really much of a choice. Um, my life path led me here. Uh, I moved to California almost 10 years ago and I met my now husband um, and he was my initial gateway into it and then um, it was really a, a conglomeration of a multitude of events that happened. He, he was a cultivator and then he got into the legal market side and I was alongside with him through that. Um, and during that, my mom was sick with cancer and we used cannabis for palliative care for an end of life care um, in Missouri, um, wow. which was pretty, it was, it was a miracle. It was, it was amazing. And, um, and I'm really grateful for that. And what were the regulations and, in Missouri like? Well, time? I probably shouldn't talk too much about that uh, because um, it nobody was, watches the yeah, show. Yeah, it was worry. it was not <laughs> all right. Good. <laughs> um, we were really lucky to find someone here in California who was able to, you know, we were able to work the system a little bit and to use endocannabinoid targeted therapy um, to wean her off of oxycodone, which was is horrible for for the body and especially someone with cancer. Um, and throughout the last year of her life, uh, we were able to transition her onto cannabis and she was able to pass free of all other drugs and just cannabis and she was herself. And like she was laughing the night before. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, really, it's really good for end of life care. That's incredible. Yeah. And then at the same time, we were going through the Illinois process. So Green Rush Consulting had already started at that point. Um, we were three years into it. And um, so the Illinois process was happening. My mom passed away, and two days after, Michael Brown actually was shot. And we're from St. Louis, and, and it's literally like two, two miles up the road mm -hmm. where that happened. And it, it, it changed my world. It changed my family's world. It changed St. Louis. And my world had already been changed with my mom's passing and Illinois, I mean, all of these like lightning bolt event things were happening. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I see cannabis as a social justice um, solution, um, uh, something that can really help our country heal in a lot of different ways. And so it was those, those three things. And then there was another event that happened, which I don't need to get into, but basically it was the kicker of like, I'm here, I have to do this and like here, here's my cards yep. right like this is what's been dealt to me and uh, everything that I've done up until this point has led me here sort mm -hmm. of moment and um, I think so it's incredible people that uh, work in cannabis have such an emotional connection to cannabis right obviously you do as well mm -hmm. that's incredible that's, that's a great story how about how about you Karen? How did, yeah how I mean, besides, you know, the early years, I grew up in San Francisco. Sure. So there born and born and raised. Born in San and raised. You're rare. I am a native San Francisco. Wow. What part of San Francisco? I was born in North Beach and grew up in the Hate. Wow. So we moved there in 77. I live in North Beach now. You do. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I was, um, I loved it till I was four. Moved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I met my ex-husband there. That's another part of North Beach. No, that was a few years later. <laughs> 24. So 20 years later. And uh, so yeah, so some cannabis, just like school and social, and I liked it um, more than anything, alcohol and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, got 
involved in college with kind of some things with Mexico and we won't go there too much. But <laughs> and then um, interestingly, I got involved in what ended up being a really emotionally abusive relationship in which he was like totally prohibitive of using any anything totally straight edge, totally yeah. straight mm. and so nine years i did not smoke cannabis wow. from the ages of like 24 to until i left him and uh in the very last month that we were together we were actually living in egypt it was um southern egypt in 2007 and i was like thing you know i knew i was i was getting ready to leave like it had gotten bad enough and I was like, oh my God, this guy that I know in the marketplace is like totally smoking hash in his hookah. And I like got my courage up because it's kind of a big deal in Egypt. Because it had like, been nine years. It had been nine years. <laughs> I'm like a white lady, you know, going to score some hash yep. in Egypt. Uh, but I was like, you know, hey, my friends come down from Cairo and she's like looking for a little hash. She's like, oh yeah, give me this big lump of hash. And I smoked the hat listening to Michael Franti's Yell Fire, which a Scotsman had given me, like okay. a tourist had just been like, hey, <laughs> I think this will help. I don't know. And the combination of those two things, like I just had a heart opening experience that was like, it, it can be okay. It's going to be okay. Mm. And for me, cannabis has always had like a real psycho-spiritual mm. message. She's a liberator, mm -hmm. whether that's like, helping you with your ailments that are physical, whether it's opening your heart. And it's not the right chemistry for everybody. Um, it's not like one yep. size fits all, but for many of us, it's it's very powerful. And so... I think um, you hit it right on the head. It gives you that feeling of, this is probably going to be okay. Right? Right. And, and when we move from trust in our lives, it changes how, what we create. It changes how we react. It changes how we show up. It changes who we interact with right mm -hmm. so um, I left Egypt I came back I fell in love the guy I fell in love with turned out to be a grower <laughs> surprise surprise and so I got involved with growing in San Francisco and his collective split up and um, he lost his distribution and so then I went to Oaksterdam actually and then started doing distribution cool. knocking on doors building relationships prior to that I'd actually worked 10, 10 years at Charles Schwab in financial services, so done like project management and all these different mm -hmm. skills, and uh, and also became a life coach because the psycho-spiritual kind of yeah. part yeah. of it. Um, and so I was actually working as a life coach like a year, year and a half ago, solopreneur, no running my business by myself experience, mm -hmm. trying to do it all, trying to support a family of four in San Francisco with no capital, doing something that like very few people really know what it is or wow. value. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I like need to find what's the path forward and I'm not going to go back, you know? And my buddy from Charles Schwab posted a job on LinkedIn for an HR manager at a dispensary. Wow. And all of a sudden my world started like colliding, wow. you know? And so I interviewed for that and the job wasn't a good fit. Um, but the gals there said, listen, you know, you got professional business experience, you've got cannabis experience, you're high emotional intelligence. If you want to work in this industry, now is the time. Mm. Go to Women Grow, the networking mm. event. And when was this? And that was in May mm -hmm. or it. April. 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 It was got April's it. April. Women yeah. So I showed up and they had an amazing speaker that we broke into circles and Sarah and I were sitting Oh, cool. In the same circle. There was literally a light <laughs> shining down on her. And, uh, you know, we're, we break into this circle, and I was one of the only people in the circle of, like, 20 who had been to Women Grow before. And I went on a mission that night to find a business development director for, for Green Rush. And so, you know, I, I initiate the going around, you know, everybody saying their pitch, and then... Um, their elevator pitch, and when it gets to went went to Daniel first, yep. and then and then Kara and I was like, <laughs> we're talking like immediately, and then went straight over, and I was like, I I don't really have time to mess around, like let's put a date on the calendar, and we met two weeks later, yep. and um, 
pretty quickly then she was our business development director. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and what stage of the company was it then? And then as a result of hiring her, how, how awesome is it today? I guess. Um, Let's put you to the test here, you know? You got hired. Uh, interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how to classify the stages because we've we've really done some some growth and then contracting and then growing again. So, they've been around four years yeah. as Green Rush Consulting. Cool. Um, and based on Zeta, Sarah's partner, his mm -hmm. his background with other consulting groups, you know, after coming out of cultivation and 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 doing that. So, I mean, in those four years, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, Cara was really our second employee. We have a, a first employee, and then everyone else that we was wor we were working with um, were contractors. And uh, up until this year, we had basically been at the mercy of the state application periods. So that's what we've been doing. We've been helping people win licenses, um, state application licenses. Um, Illinois, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Arizona, Nevada, like we've we've really gone through them. Illinois was really our first like big year. We had a full writing and development mm -hmm. team, mm -hmm. um, a team of probably 25 or so um, individuals. And then after that was done, then, you know, we kind of regroup right. and figure out what the next project yep. is. Now we're to a point where um, the next project is already happening and uh, the states are just like dominoing and then there's California. Um, so Cara came in at the um, kind of near the beginning of our Maryland process yep. and which is essentially a six month long process and uh, she helped with um, getting the clients so going out to Maryland and meeting meeting with the um, potential clients out there and current clients and um, and then actually starting the process of creating these individuals applications which starts with business plans mm -hmm. so building out the writing and development team which is an exciting process um, not everybody makes the makes the cut um, yeah. we'll say uh, it's it's become a more challenging process and so we've had to raise the bar mm -hmm. on the talent that we hire Got it. and uh, and who's the typical person you hire to, to write one of these? Oh man we get unicorns that's our typical <laughs> so and what I mean by unicorns is somebody who is a professional in one area but also has some sort of industry experience ah. so like um, policy for instance we have um, an advisor that works with us who that's her specialty. She she's legal policy specializing in cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, our sales manager. She was uh, the manager of a dispensary. Has sales experience. So you know we're blending the two. Um, Kara has you know so much business background experience as well as industry experience. Mm -hmm. So Zeta, you know he's the unicorn that started it all. Um, he had 18 years cultivation and then is like master at sales, um, almost too good. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> he's good. Um, and uh, I'm a sales uh, guy during I the know, day. Like, so like, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right, you, right. And, you and him can jive. Fight, fighting and, words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean, like I do, yeah. uh, you know, someone who has this expertise, but also understands the cannabis industry, sure. which is really important. And I think that's where California is unique. You know, and that's why Green Rush is unique as a consulting company out of California because we're really leveraging the the expertise that exists here and bridging that over to the other states. Got it. That they might have the business expertise, but they don't have the cannabis expertise. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they say they if they do have it, they can't actually claim it. Le legitimately, legally, right? Like, you can't right. put it on yeah. your application in Maryland if you've been a grower because you've been operating illegally. You can't be the cannabis expert. Got right. It. You you literally have to have somebody from out of state. Yeah. So um, there needs to be that bridge, mm -hmm. and so we, we. Are you guys still working on Maryland? I mean, why do you? Pick oh no, one we are. State we are done. So currently. what, what happens yeah. is that um, the states pass their laws at different yeah. rates, right? So what happened with Maryland is that they passed their medical cannabis um, program. They wrote their regulations. The regulations were out for a while. Um, they finalized the regulations, and then they had an application window. So Got that's it. what the states, most states do. The application window happened to be 40 days. Mm -hmm. uh, very to write short amount of time. Wow. Very 300, short. Like 200 page um, application in that case. 
And so you, that's it. I mean, you're, you're at the mercy of that cycle. You have to get the application in on so time. So I'm in a state and uh, medical marijuana is passed. There's all these regulations and guidelines that are very difficult, yeah. right? And I have a very limited time to yeah. submit my application. Correct. I get to call you guys up yep. and say, help. Exactly. And then you hire somebody, right? So, to, right. Or a, a group we of work people, within our team. Right? Yeah. Work so we'll just team. augment yeah. the team. So we have a, you know, a director of writing and development. Yeah. So, you know, working with the manager over there, they'll figure out like, oh, who do we need to tap? Mm -hmm. um, what's, you know, what's in the pipeline? Which writers do we want to work with? Um, you know, we love people that have business plan writing course, yeah. mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that can do that special blend yeah. of telling a story and getting all the facts and who can so show a vision, um, right? And it's 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 persuasive writing. You know, uh, you're you're going up against a lot of other people who also have maybe have similar backgrounds, sure. and so you have to write something that rises to the top that makes the people who are reading it compelled to say, yes, I want this in my community. Mm -hmm. And and that's where we really focus on. You know, we focus on these things that go above and beyond. It's not just writing a business plan. It's it's writing like your your family's manifesto, your dream, mm -hmm. you know? Like where where do you wanna see, what is your legacy? Let's put it down on paper. And so they get it do there. extensive interviews with this person and go through it. Probably build the business, yeah. right? In yeah, a lot, in of, a ways, lot of ways, right? it's yeah. business development yeah. through writing a business yeah. plan. And with an application like Maryland, you, you're basically saying, if you choose us, if we win, we will do what we just said. Mm -hmm. So you know, we have some clients who show up and are like, oh, "Can we throw a bunch of money at you, and we'll come back in three weeks or six months, and mm -hmm. you'll hand us something?" It's and it's like, no, it yeah. it's a totally collaborative experience, and and we want it to reflect them, and we yeah. leverage the experience we have and the wins we have. But every state changes it up, so it's not like you just take it and it's a boilerplate. Yeah, there's pieces that you're going to carry over. Yeah, people have this misconception they about really software do, development right? also, right? So mm -hmm. like if you work with a dev house, right, that there's this assumption like, oh, I'll just tell them I want, you know, on-demand notaries and then it'll happen, you know, but that's not really the way it works. Right. So it's like a whole process to exactly. get to sit down and, and like, like what's like your vision of that? view of, you know, how that's going to, exactly. very, very cool. So the big question here is like, what are the range of acceptance rates like? in states oh like who how how many win or yeah i mean so in maryland for example um they That's want cool. to approve 15 cultivation mm -hmm. um, they haven't defined the processing it's kind of unlimited uh unclear how they'll fully decide that and then uh two dispensaries per legislative district which would mean 97 mm -hmm. dispensaries so that that's the playing field the applications that they received were 882 got it which was actually more than they expected to receive i thought they'd break a thousand um but they they were like holy moly we received you know, 882. Which is typical. Every state so far has received more than expected. Sure. And yeah. they're unprepared. Yeah. And, and they... So, yeah. you know, in that case, I mean, some of those applications, part of the reason their number is big is that they did something that other states have not done where they said, it's like college, apply to lots of districts, mm. but then you only get to go to one. Mm -hmm. Well, they get a thousand bucks for every district you apply mm, to. Sure. And some people were like, well, yeah, I got a hundred million dollars, as the Baltimore Sun said. People got $100 million, 47000 to apply in each district, mm -hmm. no big deal. Um, we would argue, and we'll see how this bears out in Maryland, but what we've seen from other successful applications is that taking something that's supposed to like have roots in your community and just saying, oh, I'm going to just throw it in every county. Yeah, it doesn't work. Right, right. Because the compelling story is, well, how are you connected to that community? Yeah. What mm -hmm. roots do you have? Do people want you there? Have you had conversations mm -hmm. with the community? Um, you didn't have to have property locked up in Maryland, but you need to choose a district. Like you need to choose a, a place. Yep. So we work a lot with people, you know, on how do you demonstrate those roots? How do you be part of the community? What's your benefit? Um, we get some people that show up that just have dollar signs in their eyes, and you know, you ask them the big question. It's like, ooh, so tell me what what's your compelling story about why you want to have a you know medical marijuana dispensary? So like, well, I like weed. 
No, most yeah. of them don't even say that. No, it's not even who shows up. I've literally it's, it's had, a lot less. I want to be a millionaire. Ha, 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 ha. And yeah. my response is, get in line, buddy, because it's going to be a while. And it's not like, a compelling story. No. Yeah, no it's right. not a compelling Everybody wants to make money. Your business, you got to make money, yeah. right? Like, But people have misconceptions about how much they make. Yes, there's a lot of money, but you talk to Debbie Goldberg. I mean, you Goldsberry. know. Sorry, yeah. Goldsberry. Sorry, Debbie. She'll and, forgive uh, you. She's like the sweetest she's, person yeah, on she's Earth. the best. Yeah. Um, you know, and she talks about like dispensaries. She's run dispensaries, you know, especially here, but they're not, you're running a fully loaded business. It's a retail outlet. Mm -hmm. Yes, you've got this amazing product and you've got the margins you have right now, which are you know, gonna change, but it's a retail store. Yep. You've got a lot of overhead. <laughs> you've got a lot of expenses. Mm -hmm. um, but we had a great story. One of the clients that came to us in Maryland um, you know, and we screen people and their teams because, of course, we want to have a high success rate. We want to work with people that you can have a good relationship with, hopefully ongoing. Mm -hmm. So there's people you got to just say no to. Um, but these guys, uh, you know, they kind of had the like money sign. They're like business guys, opportunity. And <laughs> so I kept coming back to them, like, "What's your story? Like, let's let's let me interview. Let's pull it out of you." Uh, and interestingly, like outside of those engagements, these like little synchronicities happen. And one of them was the guy went to visit his um, father-in-law in a retirement home. And he was like, he'd been doing all this research on cannabis and like really digging in. And he was looking around, he was like, God, they have this like two glass of wine, happy hour. Nobody really like even participates. They don't engage with you. He was like, it was so sad. And like, what could cannabis do? to an environment like this where people have physical ailments, but they could also use like an emotional boost. Mm, like, would mm. it be so bad at the end of your life to have a little euphoria? Like, My life this, certainly will end that way. Right? Yes. No question. And, and anybody I can help. I wish you it know? had started that way, but that's a different <laughs> discussion. So, so you know, um, and then he also found out that there was all this research showing how powerful and healing it was for eczema. And he himself mm. suffered mm. from eczema, like like really debilitating. Yeah. And the topicals are fascinating. Most people don't really they don't realize. Know. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. And it is Sarah uh, always whips out the the solve salve. Sure She's I've got, got it. In my bag. It's like uh, the gateway because you can get the you know no no psychoactive. Everybody can benefit from it. Everybody can. Yes. And I even uh, there's a company we're working on getting. I can't think of the name, uh, but it's like. Um, like lube, yeah. Like oh, sexual yeah. Oh, yeah, lube sure. with cannabis. You just got to watch out. Make sure it doesn't have pesticides. Some of oh. those have been tested. Well, Steve Hill will test it for us. Oh, good. So they're our friends. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. We saw they were. He was on. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to David Lampack, uh, for sure. Okay, so the big question here now is: there's all these applications that go in. Yep. What's your success rate like? So up to Illinois, and obviously we don't know about Maryland. We won't know about Maryland until. Mm -hmm. um, December or January, January, probably January. maybe February. They, they, yeah, they had right. to push it back because it was so big. Yeah. Um, up till Illinois, it had been 100%. Mm -hmm. And then Illinois, wow. there were five clients mm -hmm. and one successful mm -hmm. application out mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So that's been the record so far. Wow. We had seven clients yeah. in Maryland. We submitted um, 21 applications. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Illinois was probably the most challenging up until that point, and now they're just like equally challenging. You know, everything is different with each one. They're really unique and they're building on each other. And is there any kind of guarantee that you give to companies? No, or? no, no guarantee. It's in our contract that yeah. there is no guarantee. No guarantee. And there are, yeah. uh, we've, we've had people call us. And they're like, well, the last guy we talked to gave us a guarantee. And we're like, all right, well, I don't. You should go with that go, guy. Yeah, then. go yeah, ahead and, yeah, and knock but, yourself out. But we don't know who's in people's back pockets, you know. And There's definitely you know, we, corruption, sure. but you just, we don't, we're not involved in it. So we don't know that well, much sure. about it. Well, guarantee we do the best we can. Right. And, that's um, a good guarantee. Yeah. That's enough. And how much do you charge for an application? Is it like per hour or it's a it's a package project? rate. It's a it's a flat rate, and it really depends on the state and what's necessary. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like looking like so. California is a little different, right? So California, we've just had laws passed. We don't have the regulations built on those, mm -hmm. but they've laid out some of a roadmap, right, mm -hmm. about where we're going. Yep. So California, for example, licensing is not going to come for two years. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like 2018. But before then, there's some milestones that, that mm -hmm. people need to hit, or ideally. So the first one being January 1st, that if you want to be in a cannabis business that's going to seek 
licensing down the road. Yep. You need to get your legal paperwork in place. Ideally, before January 1st, it gives you priority. Mm -hmm. Are you listening? Everybody, this is free right? advice. Yeah, this, this is a big deal for it's California because like yeah. the clock's ticking. January 1st, January 1st gotta have your you shit your You wanna have your legal mm -hmm. documentation, your collective, okay. your, your, your corporation. Yeah. That's free, created. guys. That's free. And actually, before then, you need to have it completed probably by December 15th because, well, because of, of the, the filing. Of how long the, it takes to actually It's actually probably file. before that, but yeah. you, could, you could expedite it at the 15th. That would right. be like the last, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Mm -hmm. Because so of one getting month. it registered. Right. Yeah, it's basically You've got a one month. month. And yeah. what month. are the downsides of not having your paperwork? So what it says right is out. that you'll get priority to and that that yeah. isn't quite it's not defined, honestly. Mm -hmm. It sounds good though. Like you uh, probably want it. Probably not a bad thing. <laughs> but but like, honestly, it's, good to be it's not ahead of the regulations and that's right. why people in in states that have not passed medical laws or recreational mm -hmm. medical is usually first. Um, we suggest them to get ahead of the regulations by taking all of the best practices that we already know of, creating a really strong business plan and team and getting all of that stuff already ready already. Mm -hmm. So then when the application comes out, all you got to do is pivot. You just because they the always and whatever they always asking. give you these like short windows. Yeah. Like we thought it would be forty-five days. They cut it to forty. Right. Um. They're they're never really big big windows. Mm -hmm. So the more Why you have that? to. Are they trying to prevent people from doing this. <sighs> well, I mean, they they limited the the length of the application. So I think that it would actually also help to limit the time needed to judge them you know to make them all equal in in some sense and you know it is um limiting the time frame is a way to weed people out mm. um create so, urgency yeah yeah in in illinois for instance they had um it was a much larger time frame they had some they they had longer uh no page limits on some things some things they did uh and it was $25,000 to apply, just to apply wow. to like turn something in. Plus you had for to have cultivation. location stuff You had to have up. your location, which meant that you had to have Put some rent money down, already down. Or have so a, people wow. were paying, you know, between $200,000 and $500,000 just to apply for a cultivation license. And that does not guarantee anything. Wow. So Maryland did, did it differently in the sense that they didn't require the location and they lowered that entry cost to $1,000. Mm. But they also limited it so much that really I think it weaned a lot of people out because uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll I think see. They got a lot we'll of, I think they got a lot of repeat players yeah. out of those 882. I'm sure. And I mean, I haven't spoken with people on the commission to, to vet some of, you know, these ideas. <laughs> um, but it seemed like they wanted to, to level the playing field by taking out some of these big money items, like, mm -hmm. you know, your location, um, the, the cost of the fee to, mm -hmm. to get in, mm -hmm. uh, by making it a Word document. So you couldn't do branding. You mm -hmm. couldn't do, like, mm -hmm. big flashy things mm -hmm. that would be expensive. They didn't want blueprints. They didn't want... Um, things that you would invest mm -hmm. a lot of money in. Uh, and they made it this one word doc, these things. But then they also put in these word limits. Oh. So you had to uh, craft, I mean, we had PhD writers and journalists and like you're, you're, you're <laughs> so trying, it's a puzzle. to take five words out. Like right? try to do that. It's, to a, take it's a puzzle and yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then but sometimes you needed three thousand words. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you're yeah. like, I need three thousand words here, I need hundred and seventy words here. It needs to answer. And those their limits question. are so arbitrary, right? I, I, mean, I have, how do I, they yeah? Blah, blah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> ah, I don't know. Yeah. I'll they were say challenging. It. You don't have to. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so in some ways, I mean it's gonna be really, really I'm super curious to see who you know who are the people that come out of this with mm -hmm pre-approval to go into stage two. It's a multi-stage uh, process. Uh -huh, uh -huh. They'll need to have another application fee yep. for stage two. Yep. They have 365 days to get their doors open at that point, including location, zoning, build out, everything. Mm -hmm. um, but who, who are these people? Are there gonna be, so we went to Women Grow in Baltimore, uh, like September, we were there, right? right? Yeah, it was mm -hmm. September. And so we met, you know, these amazing individuals, locals who were all going to be putting in applications, grandmas and, you know, yeah, like this grandma working with her grandson. Amazing. And, um, 
and all these like just little funky, interesting groups. There was one group that was attempting to like raise all their funds through like crowdsourcing to do their sure. dispensary, yeah. which I we hadn't run into anybody being sure. that creative. Yeah. What's going to be interesting though is, is that allowed by the way, I mean, or is that dependent on the platform that you choose? I guess I don't. Like, I don't know. know you're just saying, that, yeah, yeah, Kickstarter. Like I, I don't actually know. I remember there was a they have to show proof of they have to show proof of funding on most all of the applications. So I'm not sure if something like a crowdsourcing, unless they already crowdsourced the funds and right, show they already that had proof. exactly. Yeah. And they were yeah. like, we met yeah. our goal. Here's our five hundred thousand dollars. Or like, hey, we're gonna go do it. We're going to do a Kickstarter. I don't know if that would work. No, they were already. They already up. did it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, I don't know where that landed. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder you know, what like Kickstarter's policy on cannabis is. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of it's kind of like yeah. There was um, a MyDX. You know what MyDX is? It's like a, a little device that supposedly you can put a piece of cannabis in it and it'll give you a lot of testing results. Oh, and, oh right, right. Right. But they're yeah. claiming to do much the same of like what a steep hill or big lab oh, wow. would do in like a handheld device. Right. Hmm. Right. What you make. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think they had a big uh, Kickstarter, but. They used it under the auspice of like you can test anything, right? Right. So I'm not sure like they walked that right. line. Or, anyway, right. Side, side Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's yeah. the whole edge. Yeah. Like, okay, let's get into banking. So yeah. what, you, you can like that? put it on your phone and and. No, it's it actually on. like a, a little device. Uh, it's I mean, kind of <laughs> looks like that. a vape or something, uh -huh. you know. And then it's yeah. just like uh, you can put supposedly like water or your carrots or cannabis. And then it will give you some, I can't tell you the exact metrics that it gives it's you. like but those drug some. testing kits that you yeah. see. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I've never yeah. seen one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to my DX on this show today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. So, seems like you found a really awesome niche in this application process. Mm -hmm. But at some point, that's going to end, right? I mean, at some point, yeah, all the states will come along and do, but what's next? I mean, what are the other services? Are you doing any other services today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after people win, then they have to go live, basically. They got to open their doors. So then that's the phase two where, cool. where we then, you know, tap our industry experts like Debbie Goldsberry, for instance, yep. um, who's worked with us quite a bit uh, to actually help build out design and build out and hire and train and get the doors ready Manuals, to be opened. Yeah. SOPs, supplies. like all of all of that sort of stuff. And then we have ongoing assistance on in addition to that. And that's just that's just in the licensing licensing part. So then for cultivation, we also do the same um, design, build out training. We have a vendor network um, for for nearly wholesale pricing mm -hmm. that that we can get access to and um, couple other things come in that, are, that we have up our sleeves. We'll so. be back. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, when you announce them, please come back and, and tell us all about that. Yes. So I'm curious about the uh, actual consultants or the experts that you sort of, uh, you mentioned Debbie. I mean, I'm sure there's a range, but what would you pay somebody like that to do to do well, expert work for you? They, there's, it's a range, yeah. you know, and typically consultants have rates already that they work with. Right. right, so, right. so they come to us and they tell right. us what their rates are. and. Um, yeah, they yeah. do. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And that must keep your overhead down significantly, right? Because you basically only contract an expert out if you have business for that expert. Correct? Sure. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, we have, like I said, we're up to about 12 people yeah. between mm -hmm. sales and marketing and As everything. Employees, so, so we do, we yeah. have that, obviously. Um, Two offices. Right. Cool. Mm -hmm. But, uh, or and, then it gives us a lot of flexibility, you know, mm -hmm. to like work with experts based on their availability, are they interested in the project? Mm -hmm. But when you're bringing, you know, names like Debbie to the table, right. like people stop value, and listen, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. because she's a badass. Yeah, yeah, she is. I certainly listen when Debbie speaks. Yes. And I don't listen to anyone, I just <laughs> keep talking, you know? <laughs> Makes you a great interviewer. We I guess, I guess. Yeah. And then people tell me I'm a great listener. I'm like, I didn't hear anything you said. But. <laughs> I was thinking about what I was gonna say next. <laughs> Have you had Amanda Ryman yet? We've done a lot of work with oh her as God. well. Oh my God, Amanda's yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. she's another one of those that when she starts talking, oh. I just have to pull out a notebook and, and start writing down. She's just a wealth of knowledge. Do you use an actual notebook? She does. I do. Cool, yeah. I come from journalism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I'm in journalism too, and I don't use a, no I don't use a notebook. Honestly, yeah, no, my. I'm pre-digital journalism, <laughs> yeah, <okay>. so. <laughs> Fair what were you doing in, in journalism? Uh, photography, I so I went to school for photojournalism and. Cool. 
hopped around doing internships at newspapers and magazines, and that's actually what brought me out here. Um, I got a call out of the blue, quite literally, um, to for an opportunity to work with Mother Jones magazine. Ah, and I actually so, was interviewed by Mother Jones yeah. not too long ago. Oh, cool, ago. yeah, cool. At, uh, at Tuck Crunch yeah. Disrupt, I can't remember his yeah. name. Uh, but it was basically like cross-section of tech and cannabis and how it's affecting yeah, it. Right. That's like my sweet spot. So right. uh, awesome. yeah, it was cool. Awesome. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was really bizarre. A friend of mine um, had applied to them and National Geographic, and she got both and decided to go with with Nat Geo. And so they said, "Well, who do you recommend?" And so um, she recommended me, and I get a call. And San Francisco was not at all on my radar. Um, I had started up my freelancing in St. Louis. Um, I had just bought a car. I was like. Woohoo! I'm doing good. You know, I'm super like, useful in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, yeah, right. Jeez. Huh. Um, well, that story is coming. Sorry, so, I didn't mean to. No, hold on. It's part. Um, just you wait. So, um, so I, I was like, um, can I give? Can I like sleep on this? And I'll tell you tomorrow. And meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally gonna do this. But it was just so out of the blue. So then I go to out to um, a pub that night of a friend of mine. He owned it, and, and it was actually shutting down to be made into a parking lot. And um, photographing it, and another photographer was there, and he's like, oh, who do you work with? And I was like, myself. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm from San Francisco. And I swear I punched <laughs> him because I'm like, oh, shit, like, I'm... I think I'm on my way to San Francisco. And I was like, okay, I hear you. I'm going, I'm going. So I, I passed on all of my jobs, even a couple weddings, um, to my photographer friends, packed up my car and and drove out here and landed in North Beach and um, at the Green Tortoise Hostel, actually, cool. which is amazing. Um, <laughs> so amazing that after my car was broken into oh. in the East Bay uh -huh. and all of my photo equipment was stolen, mm. um, which I was planning on using to supplement my income sure. on, yeah. you know, I was just on a fellowship pay with Mother Jones and it's San Francisco and I had to pay for parking. Um, so, not anymore. so not anymore. <laughs> so, so I ended up working, living and working at the hostel for, for 10, 10 months and that's actually where I got my first like marketplace, um, cannabis marketplace experience because the cultivators, the growers from north would come down and they've got a whole market right there of travelers who are who are hungry and need some right there. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool thing. I, I met a lot of growers who were the best and <laughs> I'm the best. Um, I so have the best. I've been team. trying to get a grower on this show oh, yeah. for a while. But you know, it's a little, like they don't really want to come out and like put their face on all the time. It's kind of tricky. It is, it is tricky. Yeah. And we've experienced some of this actually. Um, and I don't want to do like the shadowed face and everything like that's not you know. no and i think yeah. now you'll start to there's there's they're coming they're out, coming out. Yeah. um zeta for instance you should have him so he's you know 18 18 plus years cultivator yeah. and and really good um but we experienced that when we were seeking out other cultivators uh because so many did not want they don't have that um like on the record experience well the laws hadn't passed yeah which which Jerry just signed, which in yeah. many ways are encouraging people to obviously get your paperwork done now. They're like, be in business now. And then in 2018, when licensing comes, if you're already mm -hmm. in business, then you can stay in business while we approve your license, which is kind of an interesting circular right mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So now that they know that this is like, like they have to change, basically. Mm -hmm. 12 flavors of licensing are coming out. It's not as everyone always says, the Wild West. Mm -hmm. Like, we're in a transition. And so part of our, our what we hold dear to our hearts is helping people make that transition because mm -hmm. it's not just, it, it works on a lot of levels, mm -hmm. right? Like, you're used to not keeping records because keeping records was dangerous. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're yep. used to, like, not talking about what you really do. You're Like, there's all these behaviors not that you adapt. pictures. And, right? Like, not yeah. documenting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, my husband, we don't have any pictures of our grows. Like, we do not yeah, have yeah. a single photo. Intentionally. Right. Yeah. And other mm -hmm. people are very bold and brave, and you look at, I don't know, online, and you can see all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But we also know that people are still going to jail and people are having yeah. their kids taken from yeah. them. And as a parent, yeah. like the jail doesn't scare me actually as much as like child protective services. Sure. Yeah. Um, so 
right now though we're like look the 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 playing field is changing and so a you need to to do it to be legal to to protect yourself in that way but also because it's it's all the dispensaries have been taking most of the cannabis and it's like white label right you're just like oh i got it at spark oh i got it from here there's not branding you don't know what garden you got it from Mm -hmm. you don't know who those farmers are mm-hmm. but you don't do that when you go to the grocery store or anywhere else right. so the growers are starting to advocate with the dispensaries to say well you need to carry my brand yep. i'm gonna mm-hmm. have a brand yep. i i care about how i do things i'm sustainable i, I have a reputation mm-hmm. i'm gonna rise to the top mm-hmm. and and so that's what's starting to like shift and so if you need to develop a brand you, you got to come out of the shadows mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you got to yep decide that you're going to do marketing, that you're going to have a presence or a personality. It may not be your face. It may not, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there's still ways that you can you yeah, protect or different. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you also have to protect yourself. You know, I, I was with Zeta throughout this entire transition and um, part of protecting yourself is, is learning business know-how and surrounding yourself with lawyers and you know in the in the underground market you surround yourself in my experience you surround yourself with family and friends that you trust um you know there might be some some others and you know shit happens it always does but um usually it's not as monumental as something else it's recoverable uh but in the legal market then you're dealing with strangers and there are individuals like white collar criminals which we actually had an interaction with that was what I mentioned earlier which kind of put the nail on the head yeah. that I needed to to Step participate um, because it's important to protect your businesses and there are certain steps and that's like we see ourselves as stewards to the industry in that way that we want to help make sure that people can get through this transition and flourish you know that they can thrive mm-hmm. in cannabis and And in doing that, we raise the individuals and we raise the whole and California becomes this beautiful marketplace that is, is the, it it changes, it has the capacity to change the world. California does. I fully believe that. Cannabis does. But you get all this, all of a sudden you're small business. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have to do accounting and I've got to do marketing and I've got to do like actual payroll part of that and so it's like helping people ease into that Mm -hmm. to to some degree so that's sort of what i was gonna say i i uh i hear all the value statements that you're you're putting out here right and they're and they're great but i know that there's some snarky kid at home listening right now that's saying is this shit really that hard you know like can i (laughs) just do it it myself you can do you hear that a lot no no. well it's you know we get we get a range of of how people show up um uh we get a range you know and but the but the people that have had any business experience or who have built a business they're like well yeah i'm gonna throw down because a i can't do it all by myself Mm-hmm. There's too much given mm-hmm. the scale of what I want to do. Yeah. If you want to be a home cultivator and you just want to sure. like have your own medicine and a little like, sure, mm-hmm. you know, you do that on your own and you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about the rest mm-hmm. of it. But if you actually want to run a business that is sustainable, then mm-hmm. then you got to like get some business chops, especially when you're going to have to go through licensing. You're going to be scrutinized. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that that's a big psychological change. Mm-hmm. We had people that were like, oh, I'm going to do the application myself. It's just a Word document. <laughs> and then exactly. they call yeah. up, you know, when it's a week late. later yeah. or <laughs> two weeks later or five minutes later and be like, holy shit, like, yeah. this is crazy. You know, yeah. how, how can I pay you to do this, please? So, so is it the real answer that all businesses need help, yes, right? And that yeah, nobody does exactly, it alone. Exactly. And there's this misconception, I think, particularly in San Francisco, of this bootstrapped founder that did it all themselves, yeah, you know, and like drive lift at night or whatever to pay for it. And, but that's bullshit, right? It I is mean, totally yeah, bullshit. bullshit yeah. They may have done that. I mean, yes. we work our asses off, but right? There were you people work that helped. Absolutely. Them. Yeah, yeah I, deniably. I will say that there are bootstrap founders um, that if they get to a point, and that's where, you know, we've gotten to that point. Zeta and I were bootstrapped. The in, I mean, we're still bootstrapped, meaning yep. that we have not taken on no, any yeah, investment. No, that was my investors. next question. Yeah, yeah. no, none, none, none Self, so far. And no plan to raise any money. Uh, I'm not going to say that. No, we're we're So we're there growing. is a plan to raise money. Well, <laughs> in, order for, in order for a business to expand, there needs to be that bump, 
you know, whether it's an expansion or a bridge or actual in investment. And so, so yeah, we're looking for investment and we also have ideas that uh, we're seeking investment for, which we'll come back for. Got yeah. It. yeah. Investment or debt? Investment. Right. No, those the, right. Those are yeah. two options. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. I yeah. just Because we talked about you know? the, yeah. the debt option as yeah. well. Yeah. There's some good um, debt bridge kind it's of options. It's just so options. like kind of fancy to be like, oh, I'm going to go get venture capital. Yeah, you but know? that's a whole. I mean, but that's I think been small an business education loans for work. us. Yeah. I would, I would, if you could do a small business loan, but you can't because the banks won't yeah. do yeah. it. But if you could yeah. do a, a, a business loan through sure. investors yep. in a way, I think it's a really convertible debt. Absolutely. Because you know, all of a sudden when you're dealing with investors, you're like, okay, I'm giving you a piece of my business. Now you have influence. Like, Control. There's a whole relationship, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of relationships that you need to manage as a, as a business or have somebody that can do that, that's yep. really good at, at that. Yeah. That's what I've seen as key is yeah. like, who's I mean, your network? Who's sort your... of a, a note to early investors too, like, you know, making someone a nice loan with, with interest is, is can be equally as profitable yes. as mm -hmm. taking any kind of equity mm -hmm. stake. Right. Yeah. I think well, that gets because, overlooked. But, well, yeah. because then you think about like equity, how would you get your equity out? Does it have to be sold? Right. Does it yeah. have to like... Is there a liquidation event exactly. here? Exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's all these other ways that just doing a, a cash you know, loan yep. situation yep. is safer and it's super mm -hmm. valuable. And um, yeah. so what, what we see right now is the industry is moving so fast yeah. that in order for us to actually be able to supply to the demand that we're getting, we absolutely need to grow. And in order to mm. grow, we need investment. And we have we know how like what we're going to do with that in order to be able to, you know, serve meet, more people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we have a real passion that we can there, again, like California, you've got all these people that have been in the industry at a small scale. Mm -hmm. um, some of them do fairly well and have mm -hmm. money buried on the backyard. Others don't. They're pretty much a hand-to-mouth, you know, harvest to one year to pay off their land and whatnot. Uh, but how it's very expensive to work with a group of consultants when you've got, you know, we had a team of 30 that wrote these applications, ultimately, um, touched them in some way that's expensive mm -hmm. so how do we lower the bar of entry so that we can serve more people because what we see is a lot of older white men coming in just like tech and we see women and people of color are underrepresented now women mm -hmm. have actually a really good stand mm -hmm. i mean from women grow getting on the cover of newsweek and growing like wildfire but honestly you know it's like middle class honestly like that's that's it's built on a tech formula yep. um, it's fantastic it got me this job I adore it and it that it that's what it serves is not the other populations that we also want to find mm -hmm. ways to, to, to serve mm. and uh, so we have ideas you know about about that but really understanding that it's our responsibility because we're the ones in a position of privilege and power yep as opposed to like, oh, well, they need to like bootstrap or work harder or this or, you know, there's actually a lot like even in Oakland of misunderstanding or fear or, um, you know, stories about like, don't get involved in the industry as like a black man because it's a trap, mm. right? You, you already got screwed before oh and you God. lose your family yeah. and go to jail. Now they're just luring you in. They're going to get your name yeah. and all this. Yeah. So like you go on a list somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to come get you and it's going to be even worse. And so then they opt out and they're not stepping into the economic opportunity. And yet these are the people on whose backs this whole thing exists. This whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, they kept it going mm -hmm. and they're not here reaping the benefits, mm -hmm. you know. So this comes back to like how how do we build in the social justice mm -hmm. piece and um, and we're, you know, we're outspoken. We were at a uh, convention this past week and talked about how do we make sure next year there's more, you know, mm -hmm. Latina women, right? Latina mm -hmm. women are going to run California mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So like, don't we want to like have that conversation Include now them, and get yeah. the greatest yeah. ones and help them grow and make it awesome? Yeah. Do you like doing those speaking engagements? I mean, do oh, you yeah. like coming on shows? Oh, totally. Is that, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love it, but I have a talk show. So right? That's no oh no, I'd love know. to have a talk show. I think show some founders, or... you know, some people who work in startups, they kind of like, eh, they're it's unsure about the media I'm or sure what I'm, to do. I'm getting How used to it. You know, like what I said, I've been yeah. on the other side for so long. Yeah. Um, but I, I spoke for the first time at Women Grow actually last Thursday, cool. and it was um, empowering. Mm. I 
found that I liked the mic. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. that experience. Yeah. Um, and I, I also think, you know, it's really important for other people such as myself to feel that same sort of empowerment to stand up and tell our individual stories, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. I, I told my story. Yeah. And uh, that's, cannabis is a connector, and I think the stories are really important to, to share. And You couldn't have put it any better. Mm -hmm. That's why we do this show. We're really after the really interesting stories. And it just so happens that cannabis is a really interesting story of our time. It yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, cross-culturally, yeah. like, we went to um, we went to Fiji for our honeymoon, and uh, cannabis was our in, you know? It was like, <laughs> it's like as soon as there was a little mention of it, we were, like, invited to villages for dinner yeah. and, yeah. you know, going you're to down. barbecues. You know, I have similar experiences. And, I went gonna, to Chicago maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, although Illinois is changing, most of the culture in Chicago is sure. not cannabis friendly, you know? Right, right. But I yeah. got in a car with a Lyft driver, and he asked me what I did, and this came up. And he was like, whoa, man, like, do you want to smoke something? Like, <laughs> right. I, I feel like I found, right like, now? a brother like, in yes. you. Yes. Like, yeah, band of brothers, man. Like, right. Check yeah. it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so we've come to my absolute favorite part of the show, Ooh. where we talk about just, like, how you like to smoke weed. So. Oh. Like, what's your favorite strain? How do you like to smoke it? You know, what what kind of? I thought he was going to ask me to sing. I thought, I thought sing, he was going to do like a sing. like a rapid fire question. <laughs> oh, you want <laughs> like, to like a lightning round? <laughs> yeah. Like word association. Yeah, like I was all about that. Or some. We like, could do it based on how we like to consume. Uh, no to the team. Let's do a lightning round next time. That's, that's pretty. Especially awesome. with like two people. Do you, you have? You can ask me lightning round questions. <laughs> um, yeah, I like flowers. I like. Pipes and bongs, and I I carry a vape pen now because it's super convenient. But I really miss the flowers. Like a flower pen or like an sure. oil pen? No, like an oil pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the absolute um, extra. Yeah, um, I've got a variety based yeah. on people mm -hmm. float yeah. you stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I then like edibles. The I like edibles. Yeah. But it's not the same. It's not the same. No, I, yeah. I totally agree. It'll it it can get me through kind of yeah. you right. know when when that's I need a funny that way bridge. To put it, but yes, that's true. Right. It's that bridge um, loan. It is that bridge loan. Um, <laughs> it's a different experience. But you know, yeah. I met. Uh, you know, we do this monthly community gathering on first Friday in mm -hmm. in East Bay. Um, it's an industry happy hour. Four first Friday cannabis industry happy hour every month. Unfortunately, Monday, I've invited like half a dozen times and yep. have yet to come our, yep. our mutual friends but so here's what i was going to tell you is december yeah. 4th yeah um we're gonna we're gonna have it the next time and we're gonna have some musicians and one of the cool. musicians is a 78 year old trumpet player uh -huh. um guy i met amazing story of like going to growing up in texas segregated mm. texas going to harlem at 15 meeting dizzy gillespie and thelonious and so you know we're having this amazing amazing talk right because he's like awesome and we get into cannabis because he's, you know, he's like a little bit like, you know, people suck. And I go into the <laughs> tunnels <laughs> of San Francisco and New York and I play music because it's the only way I can help people. Yeah. He's like, you know, I can't save the world. I'm trying to save my own ass. And but I do know that my music matters and it's like it's a healing. It's an offering yeah. to the world. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm much more of an optimist um, and I believe that women and cannabis are gonna balance things out, mm -hmm. right? It's not about dominating, but it's about like, we're mm -hmm. just the hell out of balance. What in the cannabis and women are gonna bring that balance? And he's looking at me. Those two things are certainly keeping me in balance. I have <laughs> yes, to be honest. Yes, right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but vice versa. Okay. Spoken from a wise man. And so as I'm talking, he reaches down and he pulls up his pant leg and he's got these cute socks on and he pulls out uh, an oil vape pen. Yep. And he's like, what do you think of these? And, uh, and I'm like, they're cool. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I love this. Like, it's in my pocket. You know, it's here. It's like I used to smoke an ounce, and now this will like keep me, you know, longer than that. Like, it's a, it saves me money. Mm, and so like, I was like, that's really good chemistry for you. Yeah. Like, and I'm, and you know, and he's like fabulously like healthy and great looking. He's been smoking since like 14 uh -huh. or 15, and he's 78. And I was like, you and Willie Nelson, like, you know. You just show people like all this reefer madness and all this misunderstanding and it's like it's bullshit guys mm -hmm. you know i'm waiting for the definitive film about anslinger 
Nobody talks about Anslinger. We, we talk about legalization. We don't talk about the fact that it's re-legalization. Yeah. This the cannabis yeah. was legal yeah. until it wasn't. Sure. And Anslinger is like such a fascinating wackadoodle character. Mm. And how he manipulated and lied to Congress. And I mean, it's a it's like a major drama that brought us to prohibition. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I could like wave my Hollywood wand, it would be let's do a badass film about Anslinger and how Prohibition actually came into it's being. It's gotta be somebody working on that. I haven't seen it. I haven't, I mean, there's, you know, little online. Can you write? You should write a script. <sighs> oh, with all your free time. time. You know, yeah. With all your free I know, time. I know, yeah. I know. I always want to inspire somebody I mean, else. I'm okay with like hopefully, sprinkling yeah. the yeah. magic dust and like seeing it come to pass. Send us uh, your script exactly. for Anslinger and we'll yeah. take and a read. And your funding yes. we'll yeah. and we, yeah. we got people in LA yeah. so we'll There's just... also a thousand dollar application fee that we want. It's a great idea. <laughs> it's a contest actually. And is that your favorite strain? That, oh, yeah, you, uh, you yeah. didn't answer is the question, but it was wonderful <laughs> anyway. My favorite strain you have not experienced yet. It's a new strain that mm. one of our cultivators has developed. Wow. That he's what a plug. baby, his baby. It's not even out there. Like, yeah. you won't. That it's named kind. after the Muppets band. It's. Yes. Wow. Electric yeah. May. Is there a launch date for Electric for this Mayhem? Strain, or? And so, you know, if animals involved, it's gotta be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's like an official launch. We were trying to get him into the Emerald Cup, but like timing wise, you know, it's Got gonna have to wait. some great test results. Amazing yeah. test results. Bring him here. All right. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah, a cultivator. He might be willing to talk he's to He's a terpene aficionado. Oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, some yeah. some big magic. So that's definitely my favorite. Um, and then we used to grow uh, like real old school style Romulan. And that was like, I just, I loved it. I could cool. smoke it all um, so I'm going to go on a limb here and tell you the first time, the story of the first time I got stoned. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was 14 years old at a friend's house um, after school, and it was something called Kind Bud from a bong um, with a group of other individuals, and I had my first experience, um, my first out of body experience and so you successfully got high I successfully and got, left her body got left her fully body. ripped <laughs> and was floating up in the corner um, questioning why the house was so pink um, and and then that same day there were uh, tornadoes in St. Louis and I had to walk home in the in the the rain oh and God. tornado <laughs> sirens and oh I was God. supposed to be watching my sister fortunately she stayed at a friend's house thank you Kathy um, <laughs> and so so that really started my kind of honestly I had a little bit of a love-hate relationship mm -hmm. with cannabis for mm -hmm. a while because I didn't have anyone there to be like that's normal. It's okay. Like that's okay. It happens. You smoke um, too much. This is yeah. this is what you should do. I didn't have a guide. Mm -hmm. And everybody smokes so too money. much. Yeah, so right? many people. Literally, have this everyone smokes too right? much. Right. Right. And so, that's the thing I hear over and over and over again. Like, but that's so how we be, find boundaries, yeah. though. Like right. if we stop like judging, it's like, oh well, that's because you're calibrating yeah. and you're gonna fall over the and edges. You have to, to do that to learn how to master right? your high. Yeah. Yes. So it took me quite some time to actually figure out how to master my high and I've learned that I'm incredibly sensitive and uh, and I get anxiety more. So I have to go with strains that are more indica mm -hmm. or um, as we're learning maybe even some of the terpenes that might kind of trump whether it's indica or sativa mm -hmm. um, that, that keep me calm. Um, I'm a very social person anyway, mm -hmm. so when I smoke, I tend to become less social. Sure. So I like to actually be alone, um, and and I become more creative. I write, mm. I clean, I like <laughs> do me. You know, I'm like, yeah, you do you, I'll do me, and. Um, and so I would have to say that I'm not strain specific, but if I had to choose one, and I don't even know if it, gets, it exists, but it would be Missouri swag. Like I just want, like just the, want to get back to your the, childhood. The, yeah. the grass from the Missouri Ozarks, and like that's where I'm at because because I can taste that sun from from the and you sun, want that same bomb storm. too, right? Oh, that same bomb, man! And, it was and big. that pink house. Whew. She touched yeah. on something that I talk to people about a lot because it's been a big part of my journey, which is this love-hate relationship. Yep. And what I've found is that, you know, we're all, we, we need, we want, we look for, we find scapegoats in our lives. And I know that for me, cannabis has been a scapegoat 
in that, you know, like two levels. One, that sometimes I can come home and smoke and I can do a whole bunch of work and get things done. Other times I'll come home and smoke and I'm like knocked out and I, and I rest. And that if it goes for a few days and I'm starting to feel anxious, like because we're such a do, 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 do culture. Mm. If I start feeling anxious, I'm like, oh my God, I must be smoking too much pot. Actually, what I've learned over time of playing this game is that, no, actually I need to rest. Mm -hmm. And cannabis is providing what I need underneath what mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's a somatic, right? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a body experience. Mm -hmm. So I find, you know, if, it, if you're blaming it on your eating, well, well, actually studies show that over time, you know, chronic cannabis users are slimmer and healthier than non-users. Mm -hmm. So this idea that like, oh, the munchies and you're eating all this crap. You sort of outgrow and, the munchies though, right? Well, like or you like eat really good a, food or you, yeah. you know, you, control it. you, like it's, you it's manage all about it, that, you know? That mastering it. And for me, I mean, I use it therapeutically. And after my mom passed, it, it really helped with dealing grief. with grief. And, and I hope that people hear that and, and can understand that because I think um, what it does is it, it presents something um, like almost a loss of control, right? So this was a conversation that I had with my mom before, um, before she passed is that she didn't want to lose control. She wanted to always be here and present. Mm -hmm. And I feel like cannabis can be a teacher in that way that it allows you to lose control a little bit and be okay with it. Mm. And to be like, instead of going down this very straight and narrow path, which we do daily, right? Like you wake up, you're on your, you're on your path, you're going here, you're doing this, you're doing this. If you allow yourself the time to just smoke and, or however you consume and, and just be, and let it do what it does, the chemistry within your brain. And it has this emotional healing factor that happens where you do lose control a little bit and you're okay with it. And I think the anxiety part in me is, is where that lot kind of loss of control comes from. And I just have to remember that this is okay. I have some of my best insights that happened and some of the most healing moments through grief happened when I smoked. And I ate a lot of edibles during during that time and spent a lot of time at home crying my balls out. Crying my balls out. <laughs> That's a good one. I did that too. I haven't done that uh, yet. Uh, but but let me know. you know, and and I think that there's a place for edibles. There's a place for flower smoking. There's a place for for vaporizing. I can't do the dab. Yeah. <laughs> one dab will do, and I'm down for the count. <laughs> and uh, Some strong medicine. Yeah, but I I really really began to learn the medicinal property and how my body is affected by it, how my body uses this medicine. And, and it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. It I changes know. over time. I mean, it's a relationship. Yeah. You know, and we like, we like things to be very clearly defined and manageable. We want to be in control. We have the clock and we have all of these like boundaries and they give us that sense of security. And yet when you like really slow down and check in and even look at your life path, you realize like you didn't control any of it. Like you don't control pretty much anything most of your life. So how do you deal with the anxiety that that creates? And there's a way of getting in the flow, which mm -hmm. is the trust, right? It's kind of circled back to where we started. Mm -hmm. So. I work a lot, like as a coach, it comes back to almost consistently, do you trust yourself? Do you trust the universe or God or whatever your, if you have a spiritual connection, mm -hmm. but do you trust? And what happens when you begin to discover trust and to lean into trust? And cannabis is a tool in helping people do that. It's that let it go. It is, and, and that's a release. And yeah. I mean, you could say it's a loss of control, but it's a it's a surrender. Yeah, once, um, once you, I feel like once, once I recognize that loss of control and I gain that trust and I have awareness of it and then just let go, then that creates an opening, right? And but no one, no other yeah. cultures have been as obsessed with like being straight, like like that consciousness means you have not ingested anything. And we're totally hypocritical about it because people are on Prozac and Ridlin and blah, blah. I mean, they're on all, you know, right? Caffeine. People are like Caffeine. sugar, yeah. right? You want to talk mm -hmm. about the drugs that are really, mm -hmm. so we're super hypocritical about it because we're like, oh no, you can't be stoned at work and you can't do this and you can't drink it. Uh, I mean, I'm a radical and my attitude is like, behave well, 
If you don't behave well, that's the problem. I don't care why. If you are causing car accidents, I don't care if it's because you're drunk or tired or this or cannabis or that, you have a problem with your ability to drive well. And we need to address that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just so. did a whole rant we released last week about, about smoking under, or driving under the industry. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So it sounds like people who watch this show definitely trust in cannabis. But they also should trust in Green Rush Consulting. That'd be good. And I'm just going to wrap it up like that <laughs> in a nice package. Uh, sweet. Thank you so much for being here, Cara and Sarah. Amazing. Green Rush Consulting. Plug some stuff. Where where should they go? GreenRushConsulting.com. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cara, C-A-R-A, at GreenRushConsulting.com. Mm -hmm. Sarah uh, with an H. Um, also check out the Facebook page, um, the East Bay Cannabis Community Group uh, Facebook page. And that's where we- monthly event. That's where we post the, the event that happens, which is huge. Big names show up every month and it's beautiful. Um, it's it's only really seven months old now? Six months old? We'll, we'll be going into our seven month December is seven months. I'm gonna like, try to like do an episode live. Oh, that'd be so fun. There. That would be awesome. That'd be fun, right? That would be yeah. super, super awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd people cool. would love it. Yeah. That'd be cool. Twitter. You guys are on Twitter too, at yep. Green Rush Group, uh, at Sarah Cross 1127. Any significance to that 1127? <laughs> Twitter just told you to do that. Uh, I'm some, not even sure that those are accurate. There's, 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 there's some, some numbers. Um, uh, oh, I forgot. One of my favorite things to share. Please share it. Okay. I know you're trying to wrap it up because no, we're going to talk all night. Okay, Goodbye. two things. So part of this like redefining stereotypes is I have a hashtag and I'm working on my Twitter handle. Um, not your average mm. can of babe. Mm -hmm. And so like taking photos with women leaders and then just posting random stuff because it's right. like moving away from, from kind of that... Babe. Right? Yeah. The, mm -hmm. the the culture mm -hmm. of like, what yeah. is a can of babe? And it's yeah. like, okay, the can of babe's like a badass woman, not just a wet nurse. Um, so that's one thing to look for. And I encourage all those not your average can of babes to hashtag um, not on your that. Can of babe. Yes. Got and it. then I'm also can of love on, on Twitter. Can of love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's Oh, so my, you don't use this one. Got it. That, that's my photography one. So, so I'm, <laughs> it gets you know, got to put when you're a serial world. entrepreneur. After the show, I want to know what that 1127 stands for. But. <laughs> sure. I can tell you. I can tell you. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome, guys. Anything else you want to share with potential weed founders? Well, we're, we're going to have a, a song that's going to be debuting. And there's another thing, too. Oh, Go ahead. With that you. is a, a part of the social justice movement. And um, so we'll be singing that, I think, on December 4th. Yeah, um, yeah. Sing I did along. do a little preview a cappella uh, on Facebook today on my own. Cara if you would Cordelli. like to... Uh, I'm I'm always down. It's a one minute song. So it go. It's this not, is, this show right. is edited. Should I, should I tell okay. you about the so. December Yeah, tell about December 1st. Um, yeah, you can always law that. Uh, <laughs> so December 10th and 11th, we're actually going to be holding a workshop um, before the Emerald Cup. For, and so this is for cultivators to come and get all of their paperwork, their legal paperwork, and meet with an accountant to get straight before the January 1st deadline. December 1st? December 10th, 10th and 11th, and then we're also going to be going that following week up to Humboldt. Got it. And where's the 10th and 11th? In Santa Rosa. In Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, so contact us contact if you're us interested, and, yep. and we'll, we'll get you. We'll be registering we'll people beforehand. Registering people ahead of time. Yes. Take it away. All right. It's going out with a song. Yeah, we're going to sing it out here. All right. We're going to sing it out. Rollin', 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 keep them doobies rollin', keep them hot and floatin', we're high. Everything gets better when people jive together, sharing and laughing, feeling fine. All the good we're missing under federal prohibition, Wishing they'd let our friends outside. Let them out, let them vote, let them work, let them toke, let them play. Let them say we're high. Let them out, let them work, let them vote, let them toke, let them play. Let them say we're high. We're high. Oh, amazing. <laughs> That's the episode, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks again to the both of you. And I'll see you next time, guys.